sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, November 23rd. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line giving you the edge right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day, and we'll try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time. Kev, we had a very interesting week 11. Some divisions tightened up. Some divisions got some, you know, kind of breathing room. Overs did not come in uh overs didn't come in favorites didn't come in home dogs were doing it three of the five home dogs out there won outright shout out to the houston texans shout out to the carolina panthers shout out to the denver broncos among others vegas even covered the number you see some of that the new york jets covered the number a lot of good stuff to talk about however kev we start we're probably the most disappointing news of week 11 if you were watching that cincinnati washington game in one of those injuries that they like didn't want to show the replay joe burrow gets jackknife his knee gets jackknife he gets carted off and the number one pick the heisman trophy winner some people's pick for rookie of the year some people's mm-hmm. fantasy quarterback that was taking them to the fantasy playoffs it looks like he is down for the rest of the year my source joe burrow's twitter timeline himself where he says See you next year. Tough to see for the number one overall pick, Kev. Yeah, it is really, really unfortunate because he was having a great season. I mean, he was he was yeah. playing some exciting football. Him, T. Higgins, A.J. Green, yeah. Tyler Boyd. You know, we had lost Mixon for a while. And on a weekly basis, people say, man, we just got this kid in offensive line. This is going to be exciting. Yeah. You know, I think one of the more underrated storylines of the year is is you know has Zach T- Taylor found footing as an as a as a head coach in this league? Last year, this team mm. obviously was the worst team in football, and you know maybe him and, and Burrow would develop a relationship. I mean, Dan, have you heard yeah. uh, head coach's name less than Zach Taylor? I don't think I have. And you know, look, two seven and one isn't anything to write home about. I think they would have got to that game. We'll but you can see it later. Though. I think you can they, see it. Yeah, yeah I, I, there was there was some good juice there. I think you know, obviously, this is crushing for the Bengals. Spoke to pro football doc, Dr. David Chow. He says, look, this Mm. is nothing career. We'll see him next year. Don't worry about that. I think the other angle of this is be very surprising if the Bengals won another football game. I know. And that's not, and that's, I don't know the schedule. I'm not even like, that's not me being like, oh, they're dogs and all these spots. I hear you. Ryan Finley is not an NFL quarterback. The Bengals outside of their wide receiver group are hardly an NFL team in a lot of ways. So the Cincinnati Bengals now, if they're, on a roster. And I know next week they play the New York Giants. It's a big opportunity for a lot of those football teams to yeah. unfortunately take advantage of a, of a very, very unfortunate situation. 
Yeah, it is very unfortunate. I like where you're going with some of these ripple effects. You went to Zach Taylor. I'll go elsewhere in the fantasy community. Unfortunately, you do need to downgrade, you know, the T. Higgins, the Tyler Boys, sure. the A.J. Greens of the world. And when you talk to Pro Football Doc, I'm going to tell you something else, Kev. I no longer expect Joe Mixon to come back this season at all, to be quite mm-hmm. honest, right? This was an injury that... There was already some weirdness about this was one that our guy, Dr. Chow, actually got wrong. You know, he was kind of expecting the return every week. It was like, ah, I don't know. They only this weekend put Mixon on IR. So that's another three weeks. And then we fast forward to week 15. What cause would they need to have Joe Mixon come back for two or three weeks? The only reason would have been there to help support the development of Joe Burrow, and that no longer is the case either, as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, around the globe, in fact. Thanks for getting up and getting on the edge early with us, getting on the grid with Sports Grid. You know, that's what I, you know, what do you say to that, Kev? Like, I don't think... I don't think they're bringing Mixon back yet either this year. All the more reason to downgrade everybody around them and to think maybe since he doesn't get another game. No, I I think that's fair. And I also think when you're talking fantasy, I'd be careful thinking, oh, this is great for Gio Bernard. Them trying to using more Samaji Pirine wouldn't surprise me at all. I'll also Gio say might be now. the only one that's okay. I think Gio might be the only one that's okay. He will still get touches and he will still get yeah. dump offs. I think, but the, but you can't the trust the team Higgins down the field so, stuff anymore. No, but Gio's on the ground is so bad right now. Like we're not like oh he's getting RB one time. It's so bad on the ground right now. Here's the other yeah. thing, Dane. Okay, something that you've been talking to people about your fantasy defenses. This mm. is now a oh, clear. Yeah. Target them. Exclamation point target for the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, actually, if you by chance had an open roster spot this week, you could have the Giants defense right now because they're on a bye. And so if you happen to have one or if you're rostering Gerald Everett for some reason, like you can maybe drop him for the Giants defense if next week you need a starting defense. No, I completely agree with that. You know I've been telling everybody who will listen it's time to trim the fat on fantasy rosters. And with a quick check, oof, oof, oof. I don't know. We may be pushing fate on this one, Kev. Here are the playoff week matchups for the Cincinnati Bengals, 14, 15, and 16. Week 15, they got the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they're already owned, right? So that's going to be great. But 14 and 16, we'd be tempting fate, Kev. Uh, You feel the same way, even if it's... Dallas and Houston, that are the two defenses in question. You know, now we say something about the Bengals. Go ahead. I know you are. Go ahead. And you know, they're terrible, those defenses, right? But they're out there. And if you're in a spot where you're like, and I don't know the matchups, but hypothetically, you're like, oh no, my Baltimore Ravens are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know they're not. Right, right, right. It, It actually is a legitimate pivot. So it's nice to have options. That's true. They will be available. Let's put it that way. When we come back, we look at all the games of week 11, break it down into a fine powder and drop it in our coffee on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane and Kevin, looking back at week 11. Kevin, let's start with Sunday night football, where, you know, regardless of the outcome of this game, you can make the point that the Raiders sort of have the blueprint, okay, against these Kansas City Chiefs. They beat them in Arrowhead. They hang in again last night until the very end, where Mahomes kind of like obviously pulled another rabbit out of his hat. You're saying in the in game live numbers, the Chiefs were even minus money at the very end, went down with like a minute yeah. left to go. But Mahomes delivers again, 348 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception. He only throws interceptions to the Raiders. But to me, listen, Evidently. an offensive explosion for both teams. And this is another example, Kev, of the Chiefs as an incredible fantasy herd, right? Kelsey, 8 for 127 and 1. Tyree Kill, 11 catches and a touchdown. All of a sudden, all you needed to do was sign Le'Veon Bell. And then Hilaire gets into the end zone like, whoa, with two touchdowns yesterday. The Chiefs yeah. keep it going. The herd is in play. And the Chiefs, you know, get their distance mm -hmm. in the AFC West. Because if the Raiders held on to this one, we'd be having a much different conversation sure. with the Raiders only one game back and having swept the Chiefs. But instead, the Chiefs have their working margin. Mahomes continues to perform at an MVP level. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to dive into both of these sides, but we start with the reigning Super Bowl champions that, in my opinion, are just playing in a league of their own, just an absolute league of their own. When we have seen teams that feel inevitable, the Golden State Warriors, right? right. It's not just when you, you know, blow out the Phoenix Suns. It's mm -hmm. when you let the Minnesota Timberwolves hang around. And then you look up and you go, oh, they're obviously winning this basketball game. And that's what the Kansas City Chiefs are, Dane. And you mentioned it. They were minus money to win the game going into that last drive. They were down by three, needing to go 80 yards. There's no other team in football. Not one. Not the Steelers. Not the Bucks, Not the Saints. That is minus money to win the game in that spot. It just isn't. And the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, I bet it. I, and it was terrible. Value. All right. Horrible. Gross. I, I bet it. I bet the, the amount of money I had left in the account. I'm like, let's get it. Let's roll. It's the kid. <laughs> what else is Pat Mahomes going to do? And right. as far as this offense goes, man, I don't know what has happened to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but he is now a touchdown machine. Um, it's wild to me. Like, yeah, right. And everybody at the top is just kind of doing Let their Bell thing. Let Bell got in also. Let Bell, yeah, got in Bell also. gets in. Like, Look, the Chiefs, to me, they are the answer to any and all questions. There has not been a single thing that has happened the entire season that has changed my opinion. But on the other side of the football, Dane, even in a loss, yeah. Vegas, some respect on the you name. and I have we've some tried to figure out, name. you're yeah. in now. Yeah, I agree with you. Here's the one thing I'll say. I have a subtle tweak to your point. I don't disagree with your point, okay? Um, I trust Russ in that situation also. I'll be like, obviously, oh, also watch them go down and get what oh, they need, you I, know, kind of thing. I mean, no, 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 let me but just say your point. Brady, Breeze, you trust guys. I hear you. They're not minus 130 in that spot. Right, and here's the way I would tweak it, right? This team, this Chiefs team and Patrick Mahomes, I would be, I would never hit the panic button. Right. Yep. Like even all those other teams, if they're on the road to a good opponent, right down, even by three in the third quarter, I'd start to be like, huh, what's yeah. going on here? 
Never happened. Never happened with the Chiefs last night. Right? That's the way I see it. Not only at the very, very end of the game, but the entire process, even when they're down. I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? Because we have seen them come back so many times before. But I think you are right, Kev. On the Raiders' side, you have to start to respect this. Like, people need to remember and actually acknowledge you know, Carr's having a good season. Another three touchdowns, yeah. another 275 yards. You know, Josh Jacobs is near the top of, you know, the rushing leaders getting into the end zone, fantasy tiers, all that stuff. And and I think they know, Kev, that the only way to beat these Chiefs is to try to just hang with them and outscore them. They're, they're throwing bombs. They continue to go deep to Aguilar when they are facing the Chiefs. And, you know, in Arrowhead, it worked. They outscored mm-hmm. Kansas City here. It didn't. Why? They left Patty Mahomes too much time. But, you mm-hmm. know, the Raiders are going to play the Chiefs this way. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's a blueprint for others that can try to be like, to hell with this. We got to try to beat them 38-35. That's the only path to victory because we can't slow Mahomes. So we're going to have to just go balls to the wall and try and outscore them. You know, in essence, it's like you got to be the Houston Rockets to beat the Golden State Warriors. That's the way I was mm-hmm. feeling about this when you say inevitable, right? You've got to have your mm-hmm. style. You got to shove all in with it and you got to let the chips fall where yeah. they may. The Raiders have tried that twice and they've covered the number both times and they have one road win to show for it. Yep. And now let me ask you this, and I know we will expand on this on yeah, Tuesday, yeah, yeah. right? But for you, this was a team I know that you weren't you weren't buying. There was something about it. Fair. A quick Fair. temperature check as you look through the back end of the schedule now. Six okay. wins, Dane. At Atlanta, at the Jets, home versus the Colts, home versus the Chargers, home versus the Dolphins, at Denver. Four. Four to hard four not to see that being a hard not to see him as a double digit win team, and that was always the thing. I, like, I was not someone flying a silver and black flag. I just felt the schedule was there for this football team, and if they don't win that Charger game, this is a totally different vibe. They're a five there. and five team staring up the the AFC. Is been is going to be determined on the margins. So trust me, and you know this. This is not me saying, "Oh, you were wrong on this team." It's not that I was right on this team. Just the schedule was there for them. That's not what we're talking about here. But now mm-hmm. at six and four, they're impressing. The schedule is there for this team to get to double digit wins. The crazy thing is, that's the bare minimum I think to get into the AFC this year. No, I hear you. And that, you know, that's a great point, Kev, because as you're talking about this, right, we got to go back a week. And remember, we had the playoff picture, right? There's a bunch of six win teams. Some of them handled their business, right? So exactly what you're going to say about these Raiders, we have to have, in essence, we got to go through the same thing, right? When we talk about Mm -hmm. later in the show. I don't know, the Browns. When we talk about later in the show, I don't know, the Dolphins. When we talk about later in the show, those both teams in the AFC South, you know, because you are correct, Kev, this is going to be decided by the margins. And unfortunately, you know, there is a team out of that conglomerate that I have been sort of down on and fading. They lost in overtime yesterday, but their schedule, you know, toughens up on Thanksgiving night as well. You know, honestly, Kev. Oh, yeah. 
But what I'm throwing out these days, unless they fix it, you know, has the reigning and defending MVP on it. That's what I will say. So let's talk about them. The Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens were another game of two of those kind of teams that we really had our eye on. It went to overtime, Kev, but then Derrick Henry with a kind of go home, uh, like not a go home or uh, home run in baseball, but a walk off run, a touchdown run. Um, Ryan Tannehill, that's what I got to ask you about. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill. They get the win right. here, right? But Ryan Tannehill has not been performing as like the top 10 quarterback you have been talking about recently. I've been, mm-hmm. We've been sounding the alarm on level of concern for Lamar in this game, right? Mm-hmm. And he did throw a pick. I would say he did not perform great. But Tannehill has regressed just a touch as well. Do you yeah. see that? Do you agree with that? Talk to me about yeah. both of these teams, even the Titans who come away with this with an overtime victory. Yeah, so I mean, if we're starting with that, Ryan Tannehill has not looked his best as this team found themselves, right. you know, losing three out of four football games. Well, surprise, surprise, Ryan Tannehill plays his best game in a while 22 of 31, 259, two scores. The Titans get their most important victory of the season by a country yeah. mile, mind you. I mean, the gap between this yeah. win and the others, That's especially big. considering the result that the Colts pulled off. Derek Until Henry they also- get the Colts game next week. <laughs> Right, but, and, and let me just, this, this thing with Derek Henry, because we're going to have to expand on the Ravens yeah. on the other side. Just, sure, you sure. know this, you're going to have to cut me short. The Baltimore thing might be until 9 o'clock. Derek Henry, it's he's like a wrestler in that, like, you know, Triple H powers up for the pedigree and the match is over. Derek Henry, right, right, right. you know what, I, I hate to say, everyone in college football holds up four. It's like, if both sides lines are doing it, it means nothing. But Derek Henry should hold up the four, and everyone's like, oh, he's going for the finisher. It, everyone is dead. And he's like, yeah, here's murder ball. This is not, this is his second walk-off touchdown of the season. Listen, I mean, it's one thing to get in front of Derek Henry and tackle him in the first quarter. It's something different to do that after you've already been in the three car crashes that is an NFL football game and to do it again in the fourth quarter because guess what? He still weighs 250 pounds. We'll talk about this and the other side of the game when we come back right after this break here on The Grid. Come on back. It's the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Thanks for getting on the grid. Big shout-out to all of our affiliates. Thanks for getting on the grid bright and early on a Monday morning. It's a holiday weekend, Kev, and we will have our shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but then we're going to take a little bit of time for the holidays as well, Kev. We were talking about these Ravens, and I do want to mention them. Um, 17-29 for Lamar. He throws another interception. Right. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, my guy, the house elf, Dobby, looking good. Um, But Kev, like, where is Hollywood Brown? They're elevating Des Bryant, of all people like Mark Andrews. I'll give you right. But like, uh, talk to me, because as you know, I have always this season had open questions about this Ravens offense. And I have been wanting to fade them a little bit. And we talk about this conglomerate of teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. based on what you have seen in 2020, 
right? Mm-hmm. Not like the coaches poll where we could still have these teams with resumes yeah, and yeah, expectations yeah. up high. If this was a, you know, a college game and polls, one thing. But based on what you've seen on the field, Kev, like why should the Ravens be regarded like above some of these other six-win teams that we talk about that lack the trust of the public? Because I don't think they should, Kev. So these conversations around the Ravens, I, I, I really appreciate the way that you and I have talked about him. There's a lot of people who got caught up in a ton of hyperbole with Lamar. He should play wide right. receiver. He doesn't know how no. to play in big games. You and I have been that having different it. conversations, but we're talking about... You're like, listen, I don't think that team can get to the promised land, right? Ultimately, Correct. there's a cap on them. I Correct. have been trying to sound the alarm to people that this is not Lamar underperforming in some games. The reigning MVP is not even playing near top half of the league quarterback play. That doesn't happen. It is if Yana showed up next year and averaged 15 a game, we'd stop the league and we'd figure out what was going on. And that is continuing. And they have four losses on. But might the NBA figure Giannis out also? Just sink back on him and force him to shoot threes because he can't actually do that at an elite level? Same way with Lamar, right? Stop the run, force him to beat you outside the numbers, and he hasn't proven to do that? This is the thing, though. Giannis wins MVPs. We get to the postseason, a little bit more difficult. Lamar should be winning the MVPs, all good. Right, right, right. It's it's bad now against Washington. Like, Dane, outside of the Cleveland game, which was week one, it's been nothing. Now, the thing is, they have four losses. They're two, you know, they're at New England, and they they, they have the Steelers and the Titans, right? Titans. But no shame in that. I can't believe that they lost this game. They were up 21 to 10. How did they give that up in Baltimore? Like against mm. that defense with your defense? Like did they did they throttle down? Could they not stick it into another gear? Like I I am floored at the result because of how the game played out more than anything. Like, if you would have told me, listen, the Titans won the game 30-24 to 24 before the game started, fine. But if you would have told me when the score was 21-10 to 10 that the Titans were going to come back and win that game on a 20-3 to, you know, three run, no, no shot. No shot. So, and, as the Baltimore Ravens now, and I'll just say, like, they play Thursday against the Steelers. Let's call it what it is. The season's on the line. You either go to six and five, yeah. fight, 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 to crack seven, bounced around one, questions galore. You beat the Steelers, we go, you're fine. You'll be a wild card team still, because they choked the division away this week as well. The division was still live had they won this game. They've now choked the division away. Their season is on the line next week. That was not supposed to be the case for this team. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. There's some regression there. And, you know, some people foretold this. Others thought that they would come in here and there'd be a better version of Lamar. You make these basketball analogies, Kevin. I remember in the basketball playoffs, you said the same thing, right? This is not about strengths. This is about your weaknesses getting exposed. We expose Mm -hmm. the defensive weaknesses of some teams, right? The inconsistencies of other teams. And if you think about it, Kev, I have been saying the same thing about football, right? These teams will expose their weaknesses and it's what can prevent them 
them from getting there. And I've said very clearly what I think it is about the Baltimore Ravens. Let's look at another game here, Kev. Okay, Indianapolis and Green Bay, two other playoff teams. Another comeback, Kev. You talk about comebacks. You know, the Indianapolis Colts had a big-time comeback in this one. And, you know, talk to me about these teams under the context of what I'm talking about here, the Green Bay Packers and Indianapolis Colts both hope and expect to be playoff teams, right? Part of the reason I backed the Colts in this game was because I thought they had the elements, right? The offensive line, the defense, a key turnover in the second half. Even though they give up 31 points, they make enough plays, they hold the line in the second half for Phillip Rivers and the crew to come back. Oh, and uh, Kev, by the way, uh, Jonathan Taylor, 22 carries. For yeah. 90 yards as the as the Indianapolis yeah. Colts come back. What do you take away from these teams? And also, do you think these teams have complete teams or critical mistakes that can hurt their path to the promised land? So um, there's plenty of things I got wrong this week. And I'm going to own when I get wrong. But gosh, did I get this thing right? The Colts are not smash match. Like, it's different now. They are explosive. They came out of the bye. We're here to throw the football. We're here to get up and down. The defense is still good. They held the Packers to three points in the second half, and those three points yeah, came absolutely. and gone. The defense is still good. But the Colts offense is different, man. And this is what I was saying all week long. I had the over pregame. I jumped on the over in game at a higher number. I never ladder bet overs. I'm like, oh, I'm just glad my pregame's going well. I never do it. You could tell the pace of the game was there. And this is a brand new Colts team. Gosh, I love what they're bringing to the table now. Because they have a defense that I, that can get stops. I mean, the one, right. like, you and I will disagree on things. But, boy, the one thing that you and I are like, no, plant the flag. Defenses, I don't need you to be good. I need you to get some make stops. Some I need you to make some plays. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's what this right. Colts defense can do. That's what this yep. Colts defense can do. I said it coming out of the Titans game. No game all year long and flipped my head around on a pair of teams. Now, the Titans did surprise me. But this is what I expected from the Colts. There's nothing about this game that surprised me. Nothing. Well, that's not no, true. I, like I can't believe the Packers were up 28-14, to 14, and then it was 31-28. to to twenty. That's why. That's fair. Um, We have talked about this, and you're right. Uh, There's no great defenses, right? You need to do enough, whether that's the bend but don't break, whether that's making critical plays to get off the field on third down, the key turnover, right? So playmakers can still wreck games, but you only need to do one or two things in order to do so. One player I'll mention to your point, Kev, about the change Mm -hmm. in this Indianapolis Colts, and I think you're going to agree with me. Guys, Keep an eye on the rookie out of USC, Michael Pittman. Three catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown. We talk about elements of the offense, right, Kev? And remember, in the middle of the season, this Colts offense was without Michael Pittman, who had a procedure on his calf. I believe it was down T.Y. Hilton as well, right? So they're coming back. And remember, the inconsistency in the run game. We thought Naheem Hines was going to be the boss, right? He still contributes. But now with all of these other extra weapons, I think it is... A big deal for the Indianapolis Colts. Remember, the Indianapolis Colts have the rematch against Tennessee coming up in Week 12. That may be the marquee matchup, at least of the Sunday slate. We're going to see Steelers Ravens on Thanksgiving night. One other game that we got to get to talk about someone who is a playmaker and helped the dynamicness of an offense. Taysom Hill, the new starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, right? By the way, Kev. 
um, on Pro Football Today on Sunday, I told everybody to bet the farm on a prop bet. Kev, it was uh, Taysom Hill over passing yards. Where do you think that hung the number? I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. It was 160. It was 160. And he did that work. 18 of 23. An efficient 18 of 23. 233 yards. But then in the run game, right? Two touchdowns, 51 yards. Was the team's leading rusher. And listen, you think, oh, but it's not going to work. I mean, Michael Thomas still had a game. Alvin Kamara still had a game. So uh, I guess my question is, how far can these Saints go, this version of this offense? Because honestly, like, Drew Brees has 11 broken ribs, Kev. I mean, and a punctured lung, right? We're going to see Taysom Hill here for a while. I was saying everybody um, who would listen yesterday morning that either Taysom Hill would defecate the mattress and then today we would be talking about clamoring for Jameis or Taysom Hill would look good and we'd have to start talking about the potential of these Saints, who, by the way, right now, with their improving defense that we talk about, they're now the one seed in the NFC right now, Kev. What do you think about this Taysom Hill-led Saints team? Boy, I think he stinks. Have I ever been uh, less impressed than 18 to 23? I couldn't care less. I felt like every time I saw him, it was Ben DiNucci all over again. Now, he's good. He's a great runner of the football. 10, 51, and two touchdowns. Man, I mean, few guys run with the speed and power that he runs with. I give him that. They are sure. much better off with Jameis at quarterback. Unless the whole thing is, hey, please don't throw it over, but like turn it over. And, but, man, there were plenty of times I felt like Taysom was, was taking some shots. I do not like how he throws the football. This team's playing three straight road games, and then they host the Chiefs. If Hill is the quarterback for all four of them, they'd be lucky to see two and two. I am selling all of this result, all of it. What about the, the fact that he only back. had five incompletions, though? I mean, I, some of them were just chucked up downfield, and Manny Sanders yeah. made a good play. One of them looked like yeah. a punt, for goodness sakes. I give you that, yeah. right? But what about the added element, right? right? Like, the run game is different. It does give yeah. dif- defenses something to look at. We saw a lot of uh, Alvin Kamara, even in the Wildcat. I, I but, get that he's not refined, yeah. right? But... I mean, can they get? They're already got seven wins. You don't think they can hang in there, or you think this no, is look, a problem? They, for they, the Saints moving they have, no, they they have eight wins. They they can get where they need to go. I'll tell you the most surprising thing: Alvin Kamara, no catches. Mm. What? Fair enough. With him at quarterback, crazy. Keep an eye though. This, this defense is improving and may make all the other points move. We got more coming back after the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid as Kevin and I look back on all the week 11 games so far. We've got another one. Listen, the hype is starting to build around Tua. 
around this Miami Dolphins team. And I remember talking to you about this one going into it, Kev. I remember saying that Tua was playing efficiently, that the Denver Broncos were turning the ball over left and right. Well, what do you know? Drew Locke does throw the pick, but it doesn't really matter when you have a running game that can keep it moving like this, Kev. I mean, Melvin Gordon, 15 carries, 84 yards and two touchdowns. Not to be outdone, Philip Lindsay also moving the chains with 82 yards. Drew Locke didn't have to do a ton. They did enough to get the win, 20-13. to 13. On the other side, though, we go back to Fitzmagic, hmm. um, which I think is interesting because everyone was starting to hype up Tua, right? And he maybe tweaks an ankle, but they later on just say he got benched. It looks like Tua's getting his job back, though, next week against the Jets. But ironic that they saw the game still kind of within reach. They were like, hey. It's not your day today, kid. Let's see if we can get some magic to get through this one. What are your takeaways from this one, Kev? So, Denver, good for you. You want wins. Drew Locke wasn't very good. You want to know if he's right. your quarterback. I love that they stole 61 yards on the final play of the game to Tim. Yes. Patrick. Like, I have Tim Patrick on some rosters yeah. talking about a game of inches. Like, yeah, you, like crazy. <laughs> like, I, And to be honest with you, you don't deserve any of those points, but it's wild, so you get them. So it's like, what a moment. This is all about the Miami Dolphins. And we'll get to the Patriots down the road, but part of them having some life is there were some teams here in the North, in the AFC that I didn't believe in. Miami Dolphins won three games. I thought they would lose all three of those games. And at the end of all three of those games, I went, I can't believe they just won. They were right. doing nothing on the offensive side of the football. Right. You would think that Tua got pulled at the end of the first quarter. 11 of 20 for 83 yards? Are you kidding me? Once again, the only touchdown drive they had generated off of a turnover. The defense, because that's yeah, yeah, yeah. the only the way field, yeah. they can go down there and put points up. But here's the reality, Dane. This team making the playoffs was supposed to be the cherry on top. I like Brian Flores. I believe he committed the cardinal sin of this move. You cannot go to Tua you go back. and then bench him. You could never do it. It was the one caveat to me that applied. You might have killed this kid's confidence. And here's the real the real thing that we'll see how many people bite next week. But I've been selling this for a while. The Jets are live. The Jets are winning one of their next two football games, whether it's hosting Miami or whether it's hosting Vegas. They just are. It's going to happen. And if they then go back to Tua and then pull them against the Jets... I mean, you might as well call the Texans and ask them to tank the rest of their games because you're in the Fields, Lawrence, Lance market. You are. You had one rule. Don't bench him. What if he came back and made magic? If Fitz made magic, right, you would have went back to Tua? In what world? In what world? No, you wouldn't. No, that's insanity. But what if Tua did it? It would have been the biggest moment of his career. Seven and three, all the momentum in the world, unbeaten. You can't do that. It was the Cardinals sin. They do it. To me, the Dolphins are done. I remove them from the conversation. Okay, we'll see what happens because they do have the Jets next week, right? So that could be the elixir, and they might be. We'll see where they wind up in those playoff graphics, right? I know they'll still be on the. I know they'll still be on the graphic this week, and if they beat the winless Jets next week, you know they'll still yep. be in there. I'm with you. It's tough to like make the move and then go back. I have seen at times uh, the kind of pull mid game, like, "Hey, kid, you just don't have it today," as the you know better part of valor. But we'll see. I, I'm with you. Going back to him. 
is a little bit of a difference. Also, Solomon Ahmed, who's been a revelation over the last couple of weeks, did leave the game. I believe it was a shoulder injury. But remember, um, Gaskin could be activated from the IR for them in advance of that Jets game. Kev, we now got to talk about the NFC least. And we start hmm. with the team that entered in first place. And ironically, regardless of what they did and the fact yes, that they are sir. the only team in the division that actually lost when two other teams won, the other one was on a bye, somehow the Philadelphia Eagles still are in first place because of that bye, even though they go into Cleveland and look pathetic, Kevin. I apologize, but the Browns get the win, 22-17. to Nick Chubb in that run game continues to be there. Another 114 yards for them. Remember what I said? Baker being professional, being a better manager, no interceptions for him. You can't say the same thing for Carson Wentz, who turns the ball over twice in the red zone even. That old line still a problem. He gets sacked five times. I remember telling you, Kev, I had out trusted Cleveland to be more businesslike, do what they needed to do. They did not turn the ball over in the rain. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz and those Eagles do. What do you want to talk about first, Kev? The Brown side and their level of trust, the Eagles side, and how that dumpster fire is still in first place, or Kev. The fact that I got to continue to remind you, you need to give me the weather report in Cleveland every single week. What'd you take away from this one, Kev? You know, uh, I was talking to someone. Right? Like the wind in Wrigley, the wind in Wrigley Field is now matched by the weather at the dog pound because these are unders coming in in Cleveland, Kev. We we were kind of laughing about the guy who was like, I'm going against the wind. And then he did it against the Raiders. And then he was like, nah, it won't happen twice. And then against the Texans. And he's like, these Browns owe me money. And it's 0-3. I mean, this guy, like whoever this random guy is that I've made up, I mean, the money is just all, all gone. Let's just start with Cleveland to connect the AFC quickly. Yeah. The Browns will tr- play at Tennessee. And then they will host the Steelers and the Ravens. They will have three opportunities to stop me from laying any number on the planet against them in the postseason. I buy none of what they are selling right now. The Texans game couldn't have been better choreographed because the wind benefits them a zillion out of a zillion times because it's the worst run defense against a team that wants to throw the ball. And what the Eagles showed up in, this is the thing that you, the Eagles played better on the offensive side of the ball than the Browns in this game. It's just Wentz, just, it's Wentz. I mean, we'll get there. And the O-line, the Browns, but yes. But, like, the Wentz, like, the, the Browns did nothing to impress me in that football game against a broken team on the other side. They've just not been impressive. Again, that game against the Colts is the difference between them being the Fugazis of the league and that they're going to get to the playoffs. They're 7-3. and three. Their schedule is so light. If they didn't get to the playoffs, it'd be a crazy collapse, and we'd be talking about Baker possibly being out of town. I can't imagine them not getting to the playoffs. But I am selling them hard. This result did not impress me in the slightest. All right, fair enough. What I will say to push back on that is they did enough to win, Kev. You know what I mean? And and yeah, what I will also say about is this turn. run game, this run game that now with the return of Chubb, that is the kind of – we talk about elements of a team and elements of an offense – 
I'm probably not going to bet them in the playoffs either, right? What are they going to do in the first round? See, like Pittsburgh or, you know, against the Kansas City. You're right. However, the pieces of their game, those are the things that do travel in January, right? A run game in a bad weather, right? They didn't have Miles Garrett yesterday, their playmaker for the defensive side, right? But there are certain pieces... You know, if you can start to trust the one-two punch of the run game, right, that could be enough against different opponents. I hear you that it's not impressive, but I don't think Stefanski wants to wow the pants off of you or any of the fans. He wants to just stack wins, and if they're ugly, it don't matter. And I think the Browns are built specifically to kind of do that. That is their style of play, Kev. I mean, at the end of the day, the Browns would would rather win by three touchdowns than five points against the Eagles. And the difference in the game being the nine points that Carson Wentz handed them. Like, at the end of the day, you're disagreeing while also saying you probably wouldn't back them in the postseason either. Like, we don't need to disagree to disagree. The Browns have been unimpressive. A win's a win is a win. I said they're going to go to the playoffs, but right now, I'm selling them. Would you dare touch this team in a futures market? If not, then I think we're saying the same thing. For what, to win the AFC? No, but to make the playoffs, he has to be over their win total? Yeah, I yes. said it, and I agree with both of those things. If they match Buffalo, what's the number where you take Cleveland? Six. And that right there means that you don't trust the team at all, because they're going to catch six points to Josh Allen, who you also don't trust at all. Oh, that's so fair. Then I think this is a so tier two team. Like I, 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 but what I'm saying is they're building in the right way, and that that identity. I give more credit to the identity I think they're building than I think you do. But that's okay. Let's talk about Philly because I just think you're stalling to not have to talk about Philly. I Ed, promise we're to do it with like one minute left in the break. So talk to no, me about I, the I, first place Eagles in your opinion, even though they go down yet again. And Carson Wentz does not look good, Kev. No, uh, the Eagles are broken. Wentz is broken. The NFC East right now, the Eagles are plus 135 favorites. They should be the last choice. Look at the schedules. The Eagles will not be favored again until week 17. It is outrageous. They play the Seahawks, then the Packers, then the Saints, then the Cardinals. Are you kidding me? What is this team going to do to figure out any of this? Nothing. The 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 lob pass to the sideline, he gets hit on it. Yeah. Is his fault? I don't know. Like Miles Sanders goes down there. I they put together, Dane, a drive that I have been waiting for. They threw the football once. They realized that Cleveland had no chance to stop them on the ground. Miles Sanders marched down there and he goes, and Doug Peterson said, Oh, they can't stop us. Run, run, run. Miles Sanders fumbled on the three. And yeah. it was like they could just never figure it out. They were getting shut out at the half. And here's the the take that I will lay on you. I think there's a legitimate world where the Eagles broke Wentz when they drafted Jalen Hurts. Hmm. He's been dealing with a lot of he's not the guy. Set, like, yeah, all the way back Carson to Wentz, right? Carson Wentz was having an MVP season, tore up his knee, running a touchdown in. They called it back. He stayed yeah, in, yep. threw a touchdown on a torn ACL, and all anybody wanted to do was say that Foles was the guy. Any Eagles fan knows they do not win that Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. Because of Carson Wentz, they had home field advantage throughout the NFC. That was absolutely necessary for them to get where they were going. 
And then they come back the next year. He rushes back to hold his job. He gets hurt again. Gone. What happens? Foles back in. Wins a playoff game. Last year, finally his year. Nick is gone. He's in Jacksonville. It's supposed to be Wentz's season. It's a mess until it isn't. And it's all because of him. He is throwing the ball to Greg Ward Jr. and Dallas Goddard. And Sanders is breaking out as a rookie. And Boston Scott's got three touchdown games. And they're going to the playoffs. They're hosting the Seahawks. And he doesn't get out of the first quarter because of a dirty hit from Jadavion Clowney. And now what do we do when we get into the offseason? He's our guy. He's our guy. So Round all of two, that is fair, Kevin. And all of that is now water under the bridge. What do we do now and moving forward? Fade I don't them. Care about his They're the worst team in the division. Fade them. But we're, I'm talking about how we've got here. No, they're, they're done. They're broken. I, that's the best game that defense will play all season long. Again, the, the Browns mustered up one offensive touchdown. One. And it was enough. The, and it was enough. Like the Eagles did Everything on the defensive side of the football. Wentz took a sack in the end zone. I swear to God, he's got no idea the rules of football at this point. Yeah. It's, it's like he thinks that it's all practice reps. I want you to answer this next question I give you in one word, Kev, if you can. Who's the best team in the NFC East? The Cowboys, are, the Cowboys right now would be my pick to win. It is entirely schedule-based. They are all garbage, and you just go with the schedule. They are all terrible. All of them. All right, fair enough. We'll talk about the two teams that got to win in the NFC East at the top of the next hour. We take a quick detour to give you some of the news and notes and catch you up on some things that were non-football-related that happened over the weekend. And then we dive into other NFC East contenders. Hour two. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. Kev, we've been talking about this for a while. We had no sports for months, and now they're all coming together, right? We got NBA free agency hot and heavy with the draft. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. College football coming to the hilt, right? But we've got other things happening as well. Big-time UFC pay-per-view over the weekend. Shout-out to Devison Figueredo and, of course, the Shevchenko sisters who both won. Did a little dancing in the ring as well. That was cool. And the MLS playoffs is on and popping. We've talked about MLS. we got to bring in our guy Tom Bogart at some point in the next few weeks to catch us up. But there were some interesting games. Call me a homer, Kev, but I saw something I've never seen before. You know I ride with NYCFC. I don't know if you saw. First of all, the game went to a draw. So if you hit the plus 270 on that one, you're welcome. And then the shootout, though, was awesome. They played the extra time, right? Kevin, in the shootout, the goalie gets a card. Okay, so he's got to go. So everyone's like, all right, backup goalie gets in there. No, apparently in the rules, you cannot substitute uh, a different guy. So the backup goalie couldn't get in. So one of the existing guys that was going to take a kick, one of the defensemen or whatever, he gets the marshmallow gloves, right? And he's ready to do it. And then boom, 
He makes a big save and Orlando moves on. My Blues, NYCFC, the City Boys are done. It was a very intriguing shootout and we move on in the MLS playoffs, which are going to, you know, continue on in the UFC, in MLS. What else did you notice uh, throughout the weekend? So here's all I care about right now. Did you tell people to bet the draw, or did you, know you it, baby. retroactively just take no, no, no. every time you ever sent the draw was a good no, bet, and now you cash all draws? No, fair enough. Well, both. Both. It's like the default <laughs> position. If you see yeah. a soccer just match, any game the draws, draws those if you see a home dog, uh, and bet a wild move. If there is a three-way line, bet the draw. But Outrageous. to remind people, though, uh, let me say something. This does raise a point, though. The MLS has changed their format, Kev. The MLS playoffs used to be, like in a lot of soccer, the home and home, right? Yeah. Um, and so in that case, you do get the draw. You don't get the shootouts. You don't get the extra time. There is now, this is one game, okay? So the idea of the draw would only happen, you know, there's the regulation, then the 30 extra minutes, and then a shootout. Change in the playoff format. Okay, like every other sport in 2020, we'll see if the NFL adds the eighth team in each conference. The walls are closing in on them. More week 11 takeaways when we come back. The early line, our number two. Vamos, get on the grid after this.